everyone. Welcome to Her Journey Podcast, where we talk with incredible, talented, and powerful women about their experiences. My name is Aline, and I'm your host, and today I am joined with Tarina, the co-founder of Young Casa Girls and the director of Young Casa Girls, and also a student at Harvard University. So yes, I would love to know a little bit more about your background and your experiences just to start off today's podcast. Yeah, of course. Well, as you said, thank you so much for your kind introduction. Uh, my name is Tarina. I am 18 years old. I'm a first year undergraduate. Um, and I think the biggest thing that I want to tell you about me is that I am somebody that considers myself an empath because I believe that empathy and this understanding of the lived experiences of our fellow human beings can truly help us change the world. And I think that manifested through work mobilizing and service and policy, uh, but at the core of it all, I'm just somebody that cares a whole lot about empathy. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And yeah, that's amazing. And I'd love to know some of the even more specific topics that you're really passionate about making a change in and maybe how you're making a change in those topics. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a sick Um, And Sikhism is a minority religion originating from Punjab, which is in South Asia. Um, And faith is based on these pillars of equity, of justice, of selfless service to humanity, um, and of this this idea called Jardikla, which means eternal optimism. And so that's something that guides me in my work. And kind of more specifically, I am the daughter. Uh, So... I always consider myself as coming from a legacy of refuge. My great grandmother in the partition of India and Pakistan, um, and she ended up in Iran. Uh, and then the revolution happened, and the Iran-Iraq War happened, and they ended up coming to the U.S., where my mom worked two jobs throughout high school and college to be able to make her way through medical school. And so, you know, growing up with that legacy of power and resilience, I've always to these really strong women in my life. And I've also become extremely passionate about immigration and refugee work um, because that's something that's always been very near and dear to my heart. And then also the work of criminal justice reform. And so the way that I've acted upon it is in a couple of ways. I, as you mentioned, um, am the co-founder of an organization called Young Call. And what we do is empower young girls uh, to know that they can have an impact in their community. Um, and it's it's centered around the sick value service or seva, which means. And so uh, just empowering young girls to know that they are leaders and that they can make a difference, whether it be in their own local community or in the world through service and advocacy. And then I also, in, in the terms of public service and politics and policy, am a uh, the co-founder and president of the Greater Good Initiative, which is a youth-led policy think tank. And, you know, kind of along the lines of youth empowerment, we make sure that young people know that they can have a say in policymaking. Um, And we write policy in five different sectors, um, education, public health, economy, uh, civil rights, and environment. And so it's really just all about understanding that we as young people are not the leaders of tomorrow, but the leaders of today, right? We have this innate ability to move and shake and find the nooks of change. Um, and that's something that we 
have shown time and time again. So that's a little bit about a little bit about me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I was so amazed by, you know, your story. And I know you're involved in so many amazing projects and so much amazing work. And I know you're also very just involved in general and, you know, activism and politics and things of that sort. So was this an interest you always had, like, since you were pretty young? Or was this, you know, something you were more interested in when you were older or in high school? Well, first of all, thank you. That means so much to me. And you, my dear, are amazing and all the work that you're doing um, in amplifying the voices of so many through the podcast and in everything else. Um, so you're amazing. Uh, but I think my why and my origin story in politics in public service, um, you know, I mentioned earlier empathy and where that all started for me, I was in around fourth grade. And there was a shooting at a Sikh temple. We call them uh, Gurdwaras. That's the name that we have for our places of worship, Gurdwara. And there was a shooting in Oak Creek, Wisconsin at a Gurdwara. And we saw, um, you know, at least I saw being, being so young, what hate could look like um, in its most brutal form. And that's when I was also able to see what love and empathy could look like in its its most raw form because I saw how my community and the communities around us, people faiths, people who didn't adhere to a faith, all came together to support us. Both in was in Wisconsin, I didn't live in Wisconsin, I live in Virginia, um, but supporting our entire faith and all of us together. So I saw the way that that connection. Uh, was so catalyzing in bringing bringing community together and helping us all move forward. And so, seeing seeing that, seeing the power of community, seeing the power of mobilizing, um, but also seeing that there are institutions that work to foster hate, and there are there are systems that constantly marginalize and disproportionately marginalize um, different groups were, were both blended together to kind of fuse me uh, with this passion for, for mobilizing and above all else, centering the voices of those who are most affected. And so, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of one of the biggest reasons that I can point to at this point in my life as to like the first time that I really saw mobilizing and, and activism as something that was very inherent to to who I was to who I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is such an incredible story. And I completely agree, even though there is so much hate in the world, I feel like it's amazing the work you're doing to, you know, bring out that love and empathy um, wherever you can. So yeah, and I, I know your own initiatives and your own work that you've done um, has a lot to do with these types of topics and, you know, these types of missions that you just talked about. And so I'd love to learn a little bit more about your own initiative, Young Kalsa Girls. And I'd love to know, I know we talked a little bit about it before, but I'd love to know more about your goals, your missions, and some of the projects that you work on within that organization. Yeah, so we have done lots of different projects. I That actually started um, when I was um, in fourth grade also. So as you can probably tell, fourth grade was a big year for me. Um, but the way that started actually was 
a friend and I were at a sleepover and we overheard our moms on the phone um, talking about this organization, this benefit for an organization called Sick Human Development Foundation. And what their mission was, was to, to raise money for students um, in Punjab who were looking for access to higher education. And at that moment, we were like, wow, like, we definitely want to help. Um, and so, you know, originally, we wanted to have a lemonade stand. And we realized that, you know, we couldn't raise $500, which was how much we wanted to raise to send one student to school. Um, we couldn't, we couldn't do that with a lemonade stand, unfortunately. So it became clear that we instead wanted to, to write a letter asking our, our community to support us. And that letter was written by four of us. Um, and so four of us, we were all the same age. And we, we wrote this letter asking our community to support, uh, to support these students uh, who were looking for a higher education. And so with this letter, we, we spread it far and wide. We put it in Panera's and Starbucks's on their community bulletin boards, had our parents share it on their social media because we didn't have it yet. Um, and just went door to door and told our schools um, and, and girls who had started the group grew to 11 girls who were in the group. And we saw the power of unity and the power of young people because at the end of it, we ended up raising $17,500 in the amount of like two weeks when we wanted to raise $500. And we saw the power of, of unity, the power of young people. And we realized that, you know, we weren't gonna stop. Um, and so that's kind of how the group formed and the types of projects we do have been a lot of uh, really, really different things because we always are trying to empower our girls to do projects that they care about and come up um, with different things that sustain them and inspire them. And so they're all centered on service and advocacy. So for example, we planned an interfaith conference with a regional conference that had over 100 attendees from DC, Maryland, and Virginia. Um, we did a blood drive that, you know, had a lot of attendance from people within our community. We did food packaging drives where within the span of one day, we were able to package 25,000 kits. Um, we've done menstrual equity drives where we actually created packs um, that were sustainable packs that could be sent to women across the world and menstruators across the world. Um, we've done, currently we're in the process of doing different types of projects because we are in a virtual format. So um, things surrounded of like a seizure training, making sure that people know how to uh, uh, help somebody who might've had a seizure. And this is like a public training that's happening virtually. Um, and I think like that's the really beautiful part of it is that the whole emphasis is on showing young girls that they are leaders and that they can go out and do this type of service. Um, and so the, the really do span far and wide, but they all come together and are blended together by this focus on, on selfless service or SEVA. Um, and so, yeah, that is, that's a little bit about what we do. We have two chapters, one in the DMV and one in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. And if anybody listening is curious, all of our work um, and information can be found on youngcalsagirls.com. Mm -hmm. Wow, that is so incredible. Like the work that you're doing is just so immense. And I feel like 
it's even more crazy that you started this all when you were so young because I feel like when I was really young I didn't even think about any of this that you were thinking of and I feel like it's the same for a lot of people so I'm wondering like how did you have that motivation to you know take on such a huge project and start on something so big when you were so young I I think that like for me it was really kind of like I had mentioned it was it was unity right and so when we heard our parents talking about raising money for students to go to school you know it was this idea of you know if there's something that we can do like let's try to figure out a way to do it and of course we had so much the adults in our life because we were so young about you know what it means to go about it like this and what it means to um to get it around but i think like you say that you you weren't thinking about it but you know i'm sure that you were and, and i think that like young people especially when you're so young it's just this this matter of understanding that age is just a number but that capacity for change that doesn't go anywhere it just it has to be ignited and we're seeing that so much um that no matter the age we see young being at the head of movements um and so i think for me the motivation of course it came from my faith it came from my came from my parents who i will always say are my my number one best friends um and guiders in this life and i'm so blessed to have them and i think it's just it's really just this idea of understanding that everything is to thinking about cooperation and unity and when i say that i mean unity among each other and also unity among generations young people have the drive and the innovation and older generations have wisdom of knowing what does and what doesn't work and so when we all come together and fuse those passions those insights those ideas we have the ability to create supernovas of change Yes, I absolutely agree with that. I think that there have been so many amazing things that have come from, you know, unity and community. And I think, like like you said before, a lot of young people are all at the center of the change that's happening in this world. And so I think it's amazing that you are really adding on to all this change and just making your organization what it is and helping um, to impact so many people. And I know like even just growing an organization can be pretty tough on itself and to make the impact that you're making it takes a lot of dedication and hard work so for you was it kind of tough to uh, grow this organization to what it is today yeah that's a great question i think in in terms of growth uh like i had mentioned our group had grown to 11 in that first project and so what the challenge was at that point was thinking about how we want to structure and we've gone through a lot of different ways of structuring and and different different avenues um and i think you know at this point just a couple of years ago we started our new jersey pennsylvania chapter once we really had that structure solidified so i think the biggest growth is one figuring out a structure that works for your organization that works for the people within it because like i mentioned in the two organizations young in the greater good initiative uh the structures are very very different because the missions are different and the projects we do are different so it's really just about figuring out what works for the people and the 
purpose of your organization. So that's one. And then two, uh, making sure that there are people um, on board that like you can get guidance from um, and just really understanding that you are allowed to, to dream big and try to challenge the status in any way possible. Something I mentioned before is making sure that, you know, we as leaders, whenever we're trying to grow something or lead something, my philosophy on that is that we are amplifiers. We are amplifying the people who are closest to whatever it is we're talking about, um, amplifying the ideas of people around us and using your platform as a leader to make sure that you're not speaking or speaking for, uh, but that you're giving an avenue for others to also speak, to also lead, to also mobilize. And so in terms of learning like the growth part, I think that growth outlook and perspective is always important. But once you start with those seeds of very true, genuine purpose and passion, the growth part will come naturally. You just have to have a very clear mission um, and understanding of what it is you want to do, and then the growth will come come from there. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, it is super important. Like, if you want to make an impact, it is so important that you are actually passionate about the problem that you're trying to solve and the impact that you're trying to make. So I think, like, a lot of people kind of overlook that. And so I think that's an amazing point that you bring up. And I'm so just amazed by everything that you're doing and the impact that you're making and the passion and the drive that you have for it. And and I know you're taking on even more initiatives. Like, for example, uh, I know you run the Greater Good Initiative as well. So, I mean, I'd love to learn more about that one as well. So I kind of mentioned a little bit about the before, um, but the way it started is actually kind of funny. I was on FaceTime with my good friend, Adam, um, at like 3 a.m. And him and I had met at a summer program. Um, and that pro program was focused on trust, respect, civility in politics in Virginia and local politics. And it was through that that I met him. And we were just talking. We weren't planning to talk about anything serious. But as is at the forefront of both of our personalities, we started talking about politics um, and we eventually settled on the conversation of what does it mean for young people to get involved in the response to COVID-19. So this was this past March, almost a year ago, um, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, so, yeah, we, we were we were thinking about that and we eventually came to the idea for the Greater Good Initiative. Uh, which is a youth led youth run policy think tank. And at first we were focused um, responses then we branched out to do policy in those five sectors that i mentioned before and we have now over 100 young people from across the country working on policies and it's really really incredible to see that the initiative is focused on both writing and advocating for youth-led youth uh imagined policies at the local state and federal level so that's a little bit about what we do and i think that for me, the the best part of it is really just getting to see um, what it means to have these really dynamic, sustainable, uh, and really just honestly innovative ideas coming from young minds um, in a way that is, of course, you have incredibly well done research um, and all of that amazing stuff. But one of my favorite um, 
representatives. Her name's Ayanna Presley. She is a representative in Massachusetts, and she always says that policy is her love language. And I love thinking about it like that because policy is how you make sure that you are amplifying in communities in a way that is rooted in action. So that's something that I like to think about uh, and it's something that has been a huge driving factor for me. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, you are doing like so many things and I know that your organization has like so many sectors and uh, different problems that you aim to solve. And I noticed like there are a ton of these different industries and a ton of special initiatives you have to kind of tackle these issues and topics. And so I'd love to learn more about those as well and kind of the initiatives that you have running. Um, for example, I saw you that you guys had something called the Time for Nine Toolkit, which I thought looked really interesting. So I, I mean, I'd love to learn just more in general about all these different initiatives that you have. The Time for Nine Toolkit is absolutely incredible. So it's one of our um, public health, it's started as a public health policy. And the Time for Nine Toolkit essentially uh, based on ensuring that response to COVID is equitable for communities that disproportionately experience COVID-19. So black and brown communities, immigrant communities, um, disabled communities, uh, and you know, communities that don't speak English as their first language through things like resources, things like testing, uh, things like community-based education, things like that. Um, and so it's a set of nine recommendations that we can put into place at local levels to see improvements um, and making sure that, that we are addressing the drastic inequities in system especially in our response to COVID-19 because there are two pandemics in this country um, and we are seeing that now more than ever and so I think that the the coolest part about the Time for Nine toolkit is that it has also become its own initiative itself so we have some really really incredible people who are leading that charge and are continuing to to grow the Time for Nine toolkit um, in many different ways and thinking about how we continue to get the word out there, how we continue our advocacy. Um, and so we have leads for the campaign, the Time for Nine Toolkit campaign that are still moving and shaking, which is absolutely incredible. And uh, we've had different legislators endorse it at the local levels, which has been really phenomenal. And so that is an initiative that is just truly so beautiful. Um, and it's been incredible to see it come to life in a way that's so fulfilling and it's its focus is going to continue to be making sure that we can look at the inequalities and inequities that exist in our healthcare system and find ways to make sure that communities are being centered and that communities are being cared for um, by a system that in many ways has forgotten. Right, yeah, that is, I mean, I know I've said this so many times throughout this episode, but the impact you're making is seriously so amazing. And I'm honestly just so impressed in general with how many things that you're doing and how many problems that you're really trying to solve. And the time that you have that you want to commit to that is just seriously so incredible. And I think it's just amazing in general how you're also 
at the same time encouraging these young people to get involved in their communities and make a change like you are. And so I think it would be amazing if you could kind of share a little bit with my audience uh, about how they can get involved with your organization or um, the work that you're doing and maybe make that impact that you are making as well. Thing is, we would love it if you followed us on social media um, for Young Khalsa Girls. That is at Young Khalsa, K-H-A-L, which means pure in the Sikh faith, girls. Um, and then also follow the Greater Good Initiative at T-H-E, the Greater Good Initiative. Um, for the Greater Good Initiative, if you are a young person that thinks policy is cool and want to learn how to do it, um, greatergoodinitiative.com. And you can apply to be a fellow. And so what fellows do, our fellowship program is essentially where you'll be working within each of our policy sectors to work with directors uh, to come up with policy ideas and then um, write those policies, like the actual writing of it. And you can also be an advocacy fellow. So advocacy fellows focus on advocating and getting the policies passed. And then you could also be a strategy fellow if you're interested in the graphic design and social media and growth of an organization, uh, you can apply to be a strategy fellow. And so we would love to love to have you join our family. Um, and if you have any questions about Young Calso Girls and what it would be like to start a chapter in your community or want to learn a little bit more about the work that we do, um, totally just message the Instagram account um, or feel free to reach out to me personally. I'm always happy to talk. But yeah, those we would love to connect with you and stay engaged with you in any way. All right. Awesome. Yeah. And you're, again, like this work that you're doing is so amazing and you're taking on so many different projects and initiatives. And so is there a project that you've done in the past? It can be something like implemented into one of your organizations or even like an obstacle you've overcome that you are most proud of or um, just, you know, most proud of achieving. I think for me, it's not really a specific thing or project or initiative that I'm proud of. I think what I'm most proud of um, is really just the communities that we've built together, because I think community is one of the most powerful things uh, in, in any sense, because it gives you a place of belonging, a place where you can be challenged, a place where you can connect uh, and a place where you can mobilize together. And so I think whether it's YKG or GGI or just in my own life, I think the thing that I'm most proud of is helping to cultivate the communities in any way that I can. Because I think for me, something that I think about so much is that you know every single person has such inherent goodness to them. And I think that that community is something that's so special in understanding that we can connect with each other and that we can act together. We can challenge the status quo together uh, and that there is joy in that type of resilience. And so finding, finding, finding those, those nooks of, of belonging um, and helping to create those if I can in any small way. Uh, I mean, Honestly, in general, I'm just so impressed with all the change that you're making. And I I read so much about you as well before this recording. And I was honestly like, I was in awe of just how much you were taking on and how much you were doing. 
And I know you're also a student at Harvard and you're involved in a lot of uh, projects and things like that on campus as well. And so that's just so crazy that you're involved in all of these things. And um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I would love to learn even more about these things that you're also involved in, maybe on your campus at Harvard or just any other ventures related to that. I think um, everything you're doing is just really, really incredible. I think for me at Harvard, there's been a couple of things that I've gotten involved in. Um, one is our undergraduate council. And so that's like Harvard student government. And that has been really, really cool because it's just been a way to to connect with with people here and kind of, you know, like we were talking about before, being part of that community. And then I'm also the chair for our civics program, which is basically a program that focuses on making sure um, that or basically placing students into classrooms across Boston and Cambridge uh, to, to teach um, civic education and understanding that, you know, they have a role in, in action and that they have a role in government and uh, making sure that that type of, of action is understood. So those are two big things I'm involved in at Harvard, as well as um, the Harvard College Project for Justice, which is a criminal justice reform based organization working to do a lot of different projects in that realm, um, as well as a couple of other things. Um, and I think those have been really, really gratifying to see the impact that we can make here together and just understanding that, you know, there is so much that we can that we can do. Um, and those types of communities are, are also really, really beautiful. And I think kind of like things that have sustained me are also trying to find other types of communities as well. So um, another thing that I got to do was there's this big uh, dance production called Gunguru, which is a celebration of, of South Asian dance forms. And so I am Punjabi, as I mentioned, and a Punjabi dance form is Bhangra. And so I was part of the Bhangra team for that. And I think that those things are just as fun. So to anybody listening, I want to like hugely emphasize that in high school and in college, do things that also sustain you, whether that be your your act, activism work, whether it be science, but also whether it be things that kind of are just like hobbies and things that relax you and things that are just fun. Make sure that you do that fun because you need to energize you as well. And so that's that's a huge lesson that I'm continuing to learn uh, in college that, that that joy you also find through being with friends um, through through doing things like that is also just as important. So make sure that you allow yourself that grace to maybe take a 10 minute break from studying to do something fun with your friends, whatever that may look like. And of course that all gets a little bit harder in a pandemic, um, but just give yourself that grace to understand that you can, um, you can have that, that break. You relax a little bit. You can do something that gives you pure and genuine joy. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. I think that's such an amazing point that you bring up because I know it can seem pretty intimidating when everyone online is, you know, doing all these like incredible things and they're taking on so much stuff, but you never really know what's behind the scenes. And I think that even though it is super important to, you know, give back to your community and do this type of work that you're doing and make this impact, it is still just as important, if not more important, to take care of yourself and to practice self-care, care for your mental health, and just take the time to relax and take a break. So definitely like an amazing point that you bring up. And 
I know also that, um, you know, you're doing, like, as I mentioned, um, a lot of this work, and you've had a lot of these different experiences. And so I'm wondering if in your lifetime, and in all these experiences, you've ever faced any, you know, challenges or inequities that, you know, you're trying to cover with your work, and um, any ones that you're most proud of overcoming, or any that you've seen in other people's lives around you as well? I think, you know, color and growing up as a sick woman, um, I definitely had a lot of different types of lived experiences, Um, you know, starting kind of back in the first grade. um, I do remember that I had got this note from another girl and it said, you are the daughter of Osama bin Laden. And I was young at the time, so I I didn't really know what was happening. Um, And so reflecting on it and experiences that kind of were like those as I was, I, I did come to realize that, you know, there is, there is a lot of things, whether it be those types of microaggressions, um, that, that kind of hinder our ability to connect with each other because they are fueled from, from ignorance and not understanding each other. And I think honestly, when I look at where that passion for empathy started, it started for then because looking at it now being somebody who has like gained more life experience and is no longer in first grade. Uh, I think about how, you know, she didn't just grow up with that. She was also so young. She didn't, she didn't grow up thinking that like she didn't, wasn't born thinking that, but it was kind of the environment. Um, Understanding that, you know, people don't just have hateful beliefs out of the blue. It's really just systems and environments that lead us to think one way. And so I had empathy for her. I understood that, you know, it was, I had learned um, so young. I understood that. And so that how that manifested in the first grader gave me a lot of understanding hate and ignorance exists in, in older generations and older people um, and thinking about those types of environments. And so I very much have experienced those types of inequities and, and microaggressions. And I think like in terms of another question that you might have asked, like kind of shifting gears a little bit, I think failure is one of the biggest lessons that you could absolutely ever have. Um, and so when I think about, you know, what that has looked like for me, like in learning how to be a leader, I've learned what it means, um, kind of like that lesson of amplification, because I can definitely point to times where I thought a project was going to be such a good idea, but notice that others didn't, didn't really have the same investment or passion or even desire to pursue that idea. And so it, it didn't end up looking the way I wanted it to. And I could tell that people weren't, weren't excited about it. And so for me, I had to really go back and look at what is the method that we're going about here. How are we making sure that everybody involved um, is getting sustained from being involved? And so I think that, you know, running into failure, running into adversity, whether it be kind of what we talked about before, inequities, or thinking about failure from the sense of like starting a project and it just, it not, and not working. Those types of things are, are kind of the lived lessons that keep pushing us forward and thinking about what it is that we want to act on and how it is we want. Mm -hmm. Right, definitely. I think like a lot of different things can be seen as learning opportunities, especially like you said, challenges, these failures, like 
you can definitely learn a lot yeah. from everything that you do. So yeah, absolutely. And I'd love to close off with any advice that you might have for, you know, those young aspiring change makers out there. Yeah, I think what I would say is to all of those people, you're not an aspiring change maker, you are a change maker. Um, and that's something I really want to I want to emphasize, you are making change in your community. And that comes in different forms, change looks different. Um, whether it be taking care of a sibling, helping out in your family, uh, doing something with your local community, understand that the things that you're doing are meaningful and important and impactful. And understand that those things are, are what make you you and those experiences build you up. Um, and so don't don't question your impact, because I promise you, you are making an impact. Um, and another piece of advice I want to give is, you know, of, of activism, of mobilizing, it can be it can be draining on you emotionally. So make sure that you are taking care of yourself, that you are finding community, that you are doing those things that fuel you and sustain you to keep going. Um, I think the biggest, grandest piece of advice that I would give is give yourself grace, give yourself understanding and treat yourself the way that you treat others in your life. Um, treat yourself the way that you treat the person you love most in this world. Um, as you are chasing after your dreams, as you are trying to make as much change as you can, as you are being a student or as you are working a job, all of those things, especially right now in this moment, living in a pandemic, those things can be hard. So make sure that if you make a mistake, if you aren't at the top of your game, you are giving yourself the grace to say, that's okay. And you're going to keep going understanding that you are so extremely loved and worthy and valid and that that doesn't make you any less of a person if you made a mistake or if you didn't do something right um, or or if you're struggling. So just understand that your impact and that your the value you add to this world is so much more than you might be able to see, but you are still spreading so much light um, and you are still spreading so much change and that you deserve to also take care of yourself amidst it all. Absolutely. That is amazing advice to close out with. And I think a lot of people can learn from what you said. And yeah, just amazing advice overall. But yeah, I mean, I loved talking with you. And, you know, to uh, before we end, I'd love to, you know, hear about any platforms you wanted to shout out to my audience. Yeah, of course. Me. So you can find me um, on Instagram at Tarina.a or on Twitter at um, Ahuja, A-H-U-J-A underscore Tarina. Um, and I want to make it extremely clear that if you ever have any questions um, or want to talk about anything, my my DMs are always open. And I'm so happy to hear from you if there's absolutely anything that you need. And so very much open um, to talk or anything that you might want. If you want advice on something or just, just want to talk, um, please never, never be afraid to reach out. Yeah, well, I mean, thank you so much again for coming on and being a guest today. I think your story is just so inspiring, and I'm sure my audience loved everything that we talked about today and um, loved learning about you and getting to know you as well. Mm -hmm.